welcome back to the one and only Minorities Report Film Podcast. And this is your weekly deep dive into all things movies and entertainment through a colorful perspective. Your favorite minorities are reporting for duty. You got myself, Raul. We got Mr. Shama. What's going on, sir? Oh, everything is great. It's the Star Wars week. It's Desiree's birthday week. So it's fantastic. I get the whole, I get the whole week? Yes, yeah, your birthday week, you know? So it's not yeah. the day. I get all of October, so. <laughs> and then that other person here is our proud producer and fellow film commentator, critic, whatever you want to call it, Dre. I know. Sometimes I feel like people think that I'm not, but I went to film school. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm. That's where Raul and I met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, fateful, one fateful evening. I thought I wanted to go into movies and then realized that my passion did not meet, meet the work ethic. So I was like, this it's is not for me. Yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of work you can do if your passion meets or exceeds it but my passion did not so Mm, no that's great that's great that you know that you Mm -hmm. feel that you like you realized that early so that's great Mm -hmm. by the way for those don't know today we are continuing the furious report the rewatch and in case you're wondering like last week desiree was just like why are you playing that song you know because i happen to i play a spanish song and i I don't know if it offended her you know i just feel uh, like you've played it before i feel like here in minority report we're allowed to play music in different languages and uh, but that song is not just a song that I love, but that that is from the Furious franchise, and it was featured in Furious Six, which we will be discussing today. Uh, one of the greatest reggaeton songs of all time. Oh no, I love that one. Though I do not consider many people do, but I don't consider consider Don Omar, who is the artist that made that song, what they were called their own. Neither one of them have, am I particularly fond of, but he does have some big hitters, right? We know him for, um, I feel like the, the, the U.S. knows him better for like Dan Sacoludo, but <clears throat> Bandoleros is arguably his greatest song, and that song is incredible. It is. Yeah, that's what we play. So anyway. But so, more importantly, my birthday was yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah, what's, yeah. Tell us <laughs> May the force be with you. Let me just steer the conversation. Uh, <laughs> it was my birthday yesterday. I turned 29. Happy birthday. Yeah, I'm actually 29. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I will call myself 30 when I'm 30, and I will call myself 31 when I am 31. We'll see when we get there. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> you, have a, you have a great example like me, you know? <laughs> I'm 35. Are you I'm forever, 37? Forever 35. Are you 38? No. Are you 40? Oh, no. This would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I have a, a lovely birthday. I was not looking forward to it because of this whole North Carolina lockdown thing. But Raul made it wonderful. I woke up to a little box that said, happy birthday, Dre. Uh, see you at four. And I had a coffee next to it. And I opened the box and it was a um, bacon, egg and cheese sandwich from one of my favorite coffee shops. And the coffee was from a different coffee shop. She prefers a coffee at the other coffee oh shop. Yeah. God. So he got what me a sandwich from one coffee shop and a coffee from another Listen. coffee shop. Listen. What a spoiling husband. I didn't do it. Like, I don't, I don't need gratitude. Like, I don't need to say thank you. Like at all. I, you know, Where your is husband, this going? just, 
<laughs> you can just call me husband of the year. You are husband of the year. Yeah, and you can just say that. Yeah, you're, you're only husband of the year, you know, so far. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then also, it just means I get grace for everything, you know, moving forward. And he got a baller cake for me. Oh, yeah. That was from Beauty and the Batter. She's a friend of mine in the wedding scene in North Carolina. And it was delicious. He got Oreo flavor. It tasted like Oreo. Like it just tasted like you were eating an Oreo. But it was delicious. And it had it was Harry Potter themed, had the Deathly Hollow symbol, it had a wand, and then it also had beautiful flowers. And if you know me, you know I love flowers. I put flowers on everything. Well, she's not mentioning is that me and Shama slaved away in the kitchen. Oh. <laughs> and I purposefully waited. We slaved away. Yes. Making a fantastic Chicken Alfredo lasagna. Yo, this thing was so It was really good. good. Yeah, uh-huh. And today... <laughs> so mad at me. Today, we reheat said lasagna. She gives me my plate. I'm like, ooh, looks just as good on day two, right? I eat mine. Like, literally, we're watching something. She's over on the other couch. Now, when I'm done eating, I look over at her plate, and there's, there's, it looks like a crime scene on her plate. <laughs> oh, my God. Please don't tell me. Please. Oh, Listen, <laughs> Shama, I go, what is that? She goes, oh, I added sauce. What? Shama, she put the yellow sauce? Put, she, no. She no. Put, she put red pasta sauce. Oh, my God. What? On Alfredo lasagna. That's where it took like an hour to make that sauce. I know. And the first time I had it, it was delicious. And the second time I had it, I wanted to put sauce. The second time she had it, she didn't even taste it. She was like, you know what? I'm still going to dump sauce on this. To me, I was impressed on how delicious it was. They took like, usually just Alfredo is not good reheated. Just like mac and cheese isn't really good reheated. But like this lasagna, Shama, that you and I put our blood, sweat, and tears into As far into. as I know, vodka sauce is tomato sauce and Alfredo There's sauce There's more to it than together. that. You did not eat a vodka sauce lasagna. No, it was an Alfredo lasagna, chicken Alfredo lasagna with red sauce dumped on top of it to it criminalize was not dumped on top of it. It was on the side, and I very strategically added it to bites. I didn't just douse it. No, you play a little like crime mm. scene. So. Okay. Um, that's homicide. It's not uh, unacceptable. <laughs> Thank you, Shama. Wow! I thought, what? I thought I didn't share that. Says the guy who stole you. my salad. So one of my favorite salads, Raul made me the other day, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is one of my favorite salads now." Thank you so much. Make it again, and he made it for my birthday, and it was delicious. And I was really looking forward to eating it again because it was my birthday salad. And I come to find out that Shama stole it. It was in my house, and I'll uh, take whatever you want. And like he he took the he didn't take it, and like Shama. I didn't know that like she wanted it at all. You know, Shama, she probably would have just put red sauce on top. No. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys are dumb. I really appreciated the dinner. Now, I the, seriously the sa- did. The salad she's talking about is a, is a farro f a r r o. It's a grain salad with arugula. Cherry tomatoes. So good. The cherry salad. tomatoes are in season it's right now. Pistachios, oh yeah, so basil, dope. so dope. Um, Delicious. So anyway, moving into like, what did we watch this week? <laughs> no, today is Cinco de Mayo and Taco Tuesday, you know, <laughs> just like for the record, you know. <laughs> it's Tuesday and Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, Cinco de Mayo, Taco Tuesday, that like we are all quarantined because of the corona, you know. So it's all, it's all Hispanic. Do you guys, I think Le- there was a basketball player, I think it was LeBron James, that they were talking, they were like, it had been released out there. Somebody reported that he was trying to uh, trademark the term Taco Tuesday. 
Oh man, these famous people oh. always trying to trademark it's, so it. it's not patented yet. Like nobody, nobody got okay. it. Why? It's a, it's a it's a thing that everybody does. Taco Tuesday. Yeah, but like uh, it's like it's, it was like a joke the other day on like some TV show where it's like Kanye was trying to patent the word music. Kanye would totally do that. Oh Kanye, Shama, what did you watch this week, man? What did I watch? Hmm. I've been watching Harry Potter. I know you asked Shama, but he was taking forever. Yeah, he is. He is, he is <laughs> I just, actually, I'm yeah. trying to remember when did the week start. And like you, you guys remember, like we're still in Ramadan. So I watch like lots of Egyptian uh, Arabic shows. I'm just trying to keep oh, up because yeah, yeah. it's an episode every day and I, I, I'm, I cannot catch up. But um, I saw Knives Out uh, for the 27th time with Rowan and Desiree again, which was phenomenal as usual. We saw like half of Booksmart together. No, I don't have like almost like thir- third of the movie. And um, we saw like the first episode of uh, Rami, Rami on Hulu again. One of our listeners, like Shaniqua, she watched the entire se- season of Rami and like she said, like she's so excited for season two. Hey, shout out. Yeah. I'm excited to watch it. We watched, um, uh, can, uh, nope, I was about to say, can you forgive me? That is not it. Uh, Never Have I Ever. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Did and you guys that- like it? Yeah. It, I mean, it has its like corny sitcom moments, and it's yeah. like this is kind. Of, some of the characters, like the side characters, are kind of dumb. Yeah, but overall, it's really good. The main characters are really, are really good. Um, her mom is an is a great character. Oh, her like, mom is a, the best. Such a great character. Nice. Really well written character. It's climbing uh, the charts every day. Like it's really climbing yeah, the charts. We're excited. I want to talk about it on the show at some point. I'm excited for you to watch it though. Okay, one time uh, so that we can have a conversation on it. But uh, but no, I, I really really. I will try it. to download it like tonight on uh, on Netflix on my iPad so I can watch it tomorrow on the flight. I'm going to Houston tomorrow, so maybe I can watch it on the way. I yeah, I'm going to Houston to pick up my daughters. Like finally, like uh, I didn't see my daughters like in two months. That's for the first time. You guys remember last time I mentioned like on the opening day of um, Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway ride at uh, Hollywood Studios. That was the last day I saw them, like before the pandemic and everything happened. So finally, there uh, I'm gonna see them. In you're 60 not, you're not, so for the listeners that are like, did he just say he's traveling during the pandemic? You're not going for fun. You're going to pick up your daughters and fly back with them. But just be ready for the shame because all these people out there be shaming. What is it? What are they calling it? They're calling it social distancing shaming. Yeah. yeah, social distance shame. What shame uh, on I, you? Like the, the I need to see my kids, you know. Like and it's been like two months, so it's okay. If and like Texas opened for everybody now. Texas is an open like state. Everything is open there. Like people at the beach. Like so. So the state is like uh, they're they're on a different level, you know. Texas, you know, we're also on a different level. We are. Please consider giving the show a follow at M Report Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribing to the website for any and all new content. That's mreportpod.com. And make sure, guys, email us. We like to see those. mreportpodcast at gmail.com. First up on a report. Sean, what's first up on a report? The home box office. That was a really good one. Good job. I'm trying. I'm trying, you know. Let's take it. Let's take it through. You know, that homage that. The homeboy Colby. Shout out. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to reach the point like that Colby was doing it, but like it's really, really, really home, 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 home. <laughs> I like the, I like the effort. But hey, uh this week, so 
So, yeah, so we want to go over this. Uh, I feel like week to week, it's like it, it gets more and more dicey and complicated to look, to figure out what's people watching, what are the lists, what's, what's going on. Um, but luckily, listed out the top 20 things people are watching for the last week as of Sunday. There's 20 of them. We're going to go over. Wow, 20. Wow. I know they, listed, they listed 20 of them. We're going to go over uh, a few in between 11 and 20. Um, that, I, that 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 stood out to me, and then we're going to go over the top ten. So, uh, one nineteen Homeland. I mean, come on. Oh, part, she's part of my family. Which is, we're why? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie's part of your family. Yeah, Carrie's part, part of, of my family. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a great show. It's on Hulu, Showtime. Watch it. Number sixteen, Tiger King. Yes, finally out of the finally. top. Finally. Oh my god. Which I means see. hopefully we'll get less shame for not watching it. I still have no interest, unfortunately. You know, just, number 15, Better Call Saul, which we mentioned last week, Breaking Bad was in the top 10. Well, this week, Breaking Bad is number 14, Better Call Saul is number 15, which is curious to me. It's, I wonder if people are like binge-watching Breaking Bad and then just jumping right into Probably. Better Call Saul Probably. and continuing it. Wow, this is, like, this is really insane. I will tell I you something. I remember like um, I was in, I was in Egypt like during the revolution and like there was like um, uh, not quarantine like it was like a lockdown like nobody can get out at that time so that was my first experience and I watched I binge watched like um, Breaking Bad again you know and uh, I wish I wish um, probably Breaking Bad is a good thing to binge watch like during a lockdown like Homeland because it's really one long movie like yeah. it's like so good the quality is so good did you see Better Call Saul. Oh yeah, I love that yeah. also. I have, I'm not caught up with it. I think I watched the first two seasons. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, I stopped like in mid season three, and I don't know what happened. And yeah, I think yeah. they're in six. Yeah, we need to catch up. When I, when I watched season two, I finished season two, and season three was airing, and I had no way to watch season three, and that's where I fell off. Um, which is, I mean, why it now? It's always hard to be on. Oh anything. Yeah. yeah, but now that's why I appreciate things like. Uh, like Hulu, for a lot of these shows, you're mm-hmm. able to still catch up and keep going. So, um, so yeah, at 13, we got Tales from the Loop, which is that Amazon Prime uh, original series. It's set in, like, the future somewhere. Uh, anyway, it, 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 it's funny that it did not last. It just came out. It didn't last very long in the top 10. Um, but it's curious because I tried to watch it. I tried to watch it in the middle of the day when the sun was blasting through my window. And it was many of the scenes were too dark for me to see what was going on on screen. So I had to stop and I was like, well, I'll watch it at nighttime at some point. And like, I've just been so busy that I haven't been able to watch it at nighttime, but I plan to get back to it. What I saw was about 15 minutes of it were interesting enough. I didn't know what was going on and I missed a lot of the scenes. So I'm going to have to rewatch that. But it's interesting to me that that it did not last in the top 10 for very long. It just came out. Oh, interesting. And it looks like a big budget. I don't know. Anyway, at number 12, I want to mention the wire. And the only reason I want to mention the wire, it's a really old show, but it is one of the greatest shows of all time. I don't think I've seen it. If nobody knows, it's an HBO original. I've never seen it. Yeah, it came out like early to mid to like 2000, that first decade of 2000s. Um, it's, it's, it's so good. I, I saw the first season when I was in high school still. And it's great. It's like, it's like, I remember the first season, it's like the relationship between the police in Baltimore and like drug dealers in Baltimore and like criminals oh. in Baltimore. And you get to see both sides. Um, really, really good show. Really, really fascinating. And it's one of the highest rated shows ever on IMDb has a 9.3. Wow. So like, it's not just me like saying it's one of the best shows. It is one of the best shows of all time. It does not surprise me that people are like, you know what? I never got to watch the wire. 
I'm going to go re- watch that now. Or people that are like are running out of stuff to watching this, you know what? The Wire was amazing. I'm going to go rewatch that. Now, in the top 10, at 10, we got Run, which is that uh, Domino, whoa, Domino Gleason uh, show. Two ex-lovers activated long-planned escape to disappear together. Looks like a lot of it takes place on a train. I don't know. I haven't seen it. But I do know that it has a 6.6 on IMDb that does not excite me. Yeah, that's sad. Uh, the trailer, I think, I think I liked the trailer when it was out. I don't remember. But I didn't see it. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> uh, great Thank you for that. Really interesting. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't remember like, if I saw it. But I, I love Domino Gleese. Like I think oh, his performance is oh, really oh. good. So. He is great. So, number nine. We got Westworld. Again, HBO. Again, We've talked about this in the last couple of weeks. You know, season three dropped, what, like a month ago, a couple of months ago. I don't know. I guess a couple of months ago because they – two months ago. Is this an episode per week? Eight episodes? Yeah. Damn. Anyway. It started the first week of the pandemic, so. So, <laughs> Westworld. <laughs> um, at, you know, looking into this, I was like, you know what? I really want to know because I, I'm hearing so much about season three, and it's all positive. So, I went to go look. I hope so. And, and, and it's surprisingly, like – I saw the scores for per episode. So I decided to add up season one, season two, season three's individual episode scores to see what they individually got as seasons, to see where season three stood out, to see how how much priority I'm going to put into watching a season three. So curious to know, season one race at an 8.9. Great. Season two at an 8.48. I added that extra number because season three was at an 8.487. No way. I needed, I needed to add those extra numbers to know which one was higher. So season three is just barely better than season two. And I thought season two was not good. Yeah, I didn't like season two at all. I mm-hmm. loved season one. I didn't, I, I didn't really – I didn't mind season two. It was a lot of ups and downs, but I like where it went in the end. I thought it was the, cool. Even the last two seconds? Yeah. I was well, like, yeah. this is a whole new show. I'm Spoiler. so excited about this. Um. Another cute, curious thing to know. So, season three is shorter by two episodes. The previous two seasons had ten episodes. This one has eight. And the worst-rated season finale thus far, by a wide margin, is the season finale of season three, which stands at a 7.9 currently. Now, that being known, I would love our listeners to let me know why I should prioritize this show, this season, um, a lot of people are just like, you need to get your HBO subscription back to watch season three. But like, this is telling me not so much, but to be fair, I did hear something about one of the beloved characters making their exit from the show. I don't know what that oh, means. No spoilers. No, please. I don't want I to know that. No, no, no. But like, I wanted to point that out because maybe people are rating this episode very low because they're outraged. Again, I don't know what happens. I don't know what character it is. But that might explain the, the episode's mm. uncharacteristically low score. Oh. So, at number eight, we got Mrs. America on Hulu. Conservative activist Phyllis, however you say that name, leads an unexpected fight against the Equal Rights Amendment movement during the 1970s. Now, this is starring Kate Blanchett as Phyllis. We also got Rose Byrne, Elizabeth Banks, Uzo Aduba, 
Melanie Linsky, wow. Margot Martindale, John Slattery, Sarah Paulson, Niecy Nash, James Marsden. I mean, wow, that that's a lot of names. Yeah, what a great guest. When I watched this trailer, I was like, <laughs> what? There's so many people in this show. How have I not heard anything about this show? I'm looking forward to seeing this. Uh, the trailer looked a lot better than I expected it to. So, uh, at this number seven, I've seen and, I've, I, and I love the trailer. Are you sure for Mrs. America? Yes, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen the trailer for Mrs. America yesterday. Like, he sure he just yelled yeah. at me about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, at number seven, we got Killing Eve, the BBC <gasps> American. Oh. I know. Uh, after a series of events, the lives of security of a security operative and an assassin become inextricably linked. This is created by Fleabag creator and star Phoebe Waller-Bridge. So this is a show I've been meaning to get to. I've heard great things. I'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to it. You haven't seen it, have you, Sean? No. I, I, I was waiting to uh, Hulu got it finally. And we really need to start watching season one because, like, you see how many awards they got at the Golden Globe last year and the Emmys? So they, we really we really need to watch it. Like, Especially especially that like she's from this great, talented creator, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. At number six, we got... A Netflix show, an orthodox story of a young, ultra-orthodox Jewish woman who flees her arranged marriage and religious community to start a new life abroad. I watched the trailer. wasn't uh, I wasn't super like excited to watch the trailer. It looks really good. Yeah, the story. The story probably is really good. I saw this trailer yeah. as well. <laughs> it looks really good. Are you sure, Shama? Yeah. And then the <laughs> the top five. Uh, we're all familiar with. They've been they've been here on this list for a long time. We got Money Heist, aka Casa de Papel, on Netflix. We got Rick and Morty on Hulu and Adult Swim. Uh, season the season four mid season premiere uh, was just this last Sunday on the third. I'm working hard to catch up. I got a lot of people, a lot of friends, and people that are watching it. I want to join in on the fun, so I'm trying to catch up. Uh, Logan and Christy, shout out at three Ozark. Still standing strong. Great show. At two, we got What We Do in the Shadows on Hulu. And number one, Outer Banks on Netflix. And that is it, guys, for your home. Mama, mama, mama. Mama did better than you did. He did. Next up on the report, we got the news. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I will not repeat the word. <laughs> Yeah, you will. <laughs> oh, yeah. The news, guys. <laughs> no, no, this is intentional. Like, this is intentional. This is like a cliche. It's like a cliche. Like, you can't help it. Yeah, I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot do it. You know. So after a record-setting debut on Netflix, like, like they uh, they are trying like to get every single penny out of this. You know. Netflix decided to move with X. We already don't talk about money when it comes to Netflix, so we don't know how. Yeah, we don't know how, but like they are making it. So it's like one one of the impossibles, you know, like one of the wonders that we will never know. Netflix decided to move forward with extraction too. Underneath, underneath, like they're just like this like nonprofit conspiracy who's just out to give people content for a cheap, and they're not making any money. Can you imagine? That'd be interesting. But they report profit. And they still have like that, but I don't know how. So Netflix decided to move forward with Extraction 2. Joe Russo, who penned the first Extraction, signed the deal with Netflix to write a second installment for this franchise. 
But Rousseau, like said that the follow-up to extraction could either be a sequel or a prequel. I'm not sure like well, if he doesn't know yet. I don't like prequels. But like or he's teasing us. So what well, do you- I know I uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, most of the time prequels don't work, but for this movie, I feel like a prequel could be really cool. But what are I, we gonna see in a prequel? Him suffering? I'm trying with- to think of a prequel like that we've seen that I really liked. I just, uh-huh. like, I believe it might be like a, a, an operation that he had before that, so it's it's fine, you know. It might can it can be like a month before that, you know. So it doesn't. Well, yeah, mean- but I mean, if it's a prequel, I feel like it's going to be more about his struggle with his with his kid. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to see that. That's that Why makes not? me sad. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are, is sad I, is okay? I don't. I don't go to extraction to be like like have my heart broken because a guy. Can't handle his kid being sick. I can't do it. I don't want that. I go to extraction because I want to see a kick-ass movie yeah, with some heart. But it you might be the side story, you know, like not the main. He like, he like used somebody else's body and hit somebody else's body. Oh yeah, the leg. He like swung and like swung, and their like their back just broke. Like they just broke in half, or their head. Oh, their head just went flying back. He used somebody else. He grabbed leg, somebody yeah. by the arms. Used that person's feet, swung them around, and broke the other That's guy's That's what neck. I go to that movie for. Oh, my gosh. But I don't want a prequel. I want a sequel. I want to see that things are good, and, and I want to see him kick some more ass. Shama, did you see Extraction? Yeah, I saw Extra- Extraction, yeah. And I think he's alive at the end of the movie, like from the last... Oh, I didn't even think no, about that. We're talking spoilers. No, no spoilers. Ooh, I mean, he did prove that he can hold his breath for a very long yeah. time. Yeah. Portion of the movie, so... Mm-hmm. So it might be. We see that in another great film. Or Jeremy Renner comes in and he's a new extraction. Oh, wow. Like Bourne, yeah. Like a new Jason Bourne, yeah. That's like, this would be horrible. We see this in another movie where he holds his breath for a very long time. It's a very underrated movie. That's amazing. It's called Night and Day. Oh, yeah. It's a oh. fucking sick movie. I love this movie so much. I love Tom it. Cruise, Cameron Diaz. Yeah, it's so good. Anyways, I loved Extraction. I really liked it. Yeah, did you? I feel like everybody's been we. Everybody talked about this movie, so I don't want to do like a, a full review on it. But I do like Shama. What did you think of Extraction? I we I don't think we've had this conversation. Yeah, uh, first of all, like I think that the timing for this movie is perfect to come during this lockdown, this quarantine that everybody's at home. It's this kind of 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 a of a movie that people need to watch, like to get hyped, you know, like to see some action, to see, get some energy, some adrenaline, you know. <laughs> If you, if you guys could see Shama's face when he's saying that. Like, <laughs> you can hear it. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel, um, I, I really enjoyed the movie. Like, I, uh, it's really uh, entertaining. I, I love the action. I love how violent the movie is. Like, I'm, I, I, I don't support, like, violence in real life. But, like, sometimes you need to watch these things on screen. Because, like, you, you, you want to punch the bad guys. You want to punch the evil guys, you know. So, um it, the action sequence are really well done. Um, the script is good. Like I have I had some problems with like some of the lines, but overall, um, the story is, is 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 watchable. I think this movie is rewatchable as well. Like I think it will it will stay. Like I think I, I can rewatch it again. Um, I love the you performance. Watch it because like I I don't think people notice because the cinematography was so good. Mm-hmm. There's like a lot that you don't realize the camera's doing. Yeah, it's yes. 
Yeah. When, when Raul and I sat down to watch it, Raul and I kept looking at each other like, wait, weren't we just in the car? How did we get out of the car? Yeah. Did it cut? Go back. <laughs> we would, we kept we going would back. go back and it was seamless. seamless. The, the camera, the camera would be over here. The car would be like doing a, what's it called? Drifting. And then all of a sudden the camera would be in the back seat and and then we go for yeah. a while, and then the camera would the butt the window the back window would bust out, and then all of a sudden the camera would leave the car. It was crazy. It was really cool. It's my favorite kind of cinematography. I I absolutely uh, I really that, that whole action sequence that like they shot it as if you know to imitate one long take. Oh man, was, <coughs> it was so cool. Yeah, was yeah really that cool. was really well done scene, and and like I love like the wide angles they did like for the cities, like and you can see like India and Bangladesh, like and like yeah, the, the, it was really different, different from the trailer. Didn't this did not what I did expect from the trailer at all. Like the trailer hyped me for for some action, but like the movie itself is more uh, has more depth to it. Yeah. So I, I I did enjoy it. Yeah. I, I want just talking about that action sequence. I want to watch it again. Yeah, I want to watch the movie again. Oh, and then just, somebody gets hit by a bus, and yeah. then they're like, somebody else gets yeah. hit by a bus, and it really does look like they get hit by a bus. One thing I, I don't like all the there's a lot of hate for this movie out there. Is like, there really? Like a lot of hate. A lot of people are saying that it's like it's not good, it's not original, that it's man on fire. Which it's I haven't fine. seen. I, I think it's, it's similar to man on fire. It is similar to man on fire, but like. So, I mean, like, but like these 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 comparisons, they 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 piss me off, right? If I can be completely blunt, okay. What do people say about Avatar? Oh, it's Pocahontas. It's this. It's that. Like, listen, like, just because you can make comparisons from Avatar to Pocahontas's storyline, doesn't mean that Avatar is not one of the best films of the first decade of this of the two thousands. Like it is. It's one of the top the top fifty movies ever. Like I consider it like one of it the. It is. Yeah, it's yeah. incredibly phenomenal. But people want to hate on it because all oh, the storyline is not one hundred percent original. That, that that's okay. Yeah, but like I'm just but like, like afraid. Oh. It's, it's undeniable he created that. Like in Avatar, he created a world that like we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, they did things that we haven't seen like this before. Like, and on top of that, you're taking Thor, who we have an image of, Chris Hemsworth. And you're turning our image completely on its head like, oh, I can see him being a crazy good action star. Like, he did really, really well in this film. I don't know what you were going to say, Sean. I'm sorry. No, no, I totally agree with you. I'm just like, I, I just wanted to clear to clarify to our audience that we're not comparing Extraction to Avatar. You know, like, we're just like saying the story can be... It's okay for a story not to be original. It's okay for a story to like to have like... um, um a, does it. A, a, a hand up. I'm sorry? Star Wars does it. Every time we see a new Star Wars, it's the same shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's fine. We, we, we don't want to talk about Star Wars now. We have like lots in the news about Star Wars. You know? <laughs> Overall, like it, it's okay like to have to have something um, from from another story, you know, like it's not it's not an original, yeah, but like it's not it's not copying the movie, it's not rebooting the movie, yeah. Not any every movie about abduction will be uh, a man on fire or about kidnapping. No, it, it, it's about execution. It's about like how the final product is. How you see like the 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 art in every single part of the movie, like in cinematography, in writing, and acting. We see Chris Chris Hemsworth like really good acting. You know the the Indian actors, the like everybody there, like the cinematography, like the production design, um, everything. I, 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 it's enjoyable. 
It yeah, it, it's super enjoyable. A lot of fun. And I, I, I think it's good. I think yeah. it's good. Do you guys read it? Like, what what are you gonna read it out of ten? Mm-hmm. I think I give it an eight point five. I think I give it a seven point five. Oh, me too. I give it seven point five. It's like a seven point. I can tell you right 7. now. Seven five. Something. I think. <laughs> it's seven point eight three. Hey, there you go. I was close. Great. From one action movie to another action star. Like one of the greatest action stars like ever that he first, when he introduces himself to anyone, he always says, do you know that I, I do my stunts? I'm, I'm, I, I'm, <laughs> I, 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 I really hope that is true. Yeah, it's true. Like really, like most of his interviews, like he has to mention it. Even after being like a star it. for this long time, for 20 years, like in action movies, Tom Cruise still like informs everyone that like, I do my own stunts. I love it. I, really I jumped out that, of Burj Khalifa I, I, in Dubai, you know? I'm really hoping that when I, when I meet him, he just goes, hey, I'm Tom Cruise. I do my own stunts. He, he would mention it like in the middle of your interview. And I hope that he hands me a business card that says Tom Cruise. That's his own stuff. <laughs> but you guys agree. You know that. Like, he loves to do yeah, these course. scenes. Like, even, like, one of the, the cinematographers, like, he had to jump out of the plane after him because, like, that's the only way to film the, the, the scene, you know? So Tom Cruise wanted to film something in outer space. He has decided to team up with Elon's, Elon Musk's uh, SpaceX. Because if you're familiar with the SpaceX company... No, I don't... What's SpaceX? Elon Musk, like, decide, before, he, before he did the Tesla... He decided like to make a, a company. It's the first privately owned company that um, cre- um, uh, develop, uh, designs and manufacture space shuttles uh, other than like the countries. So uh, SpaceX is the first privately owned company to create, uh, to design and manufacture space uh, vehicles. His for main, like common for common people. His his main intention when he created, I think, like it was like almost twenty years ago, to to have things ready when when we are ready to colonize uh, Mars. So that was his main intention at that time. By the time, like uh, he tried to co- co- cooperate with NASA and like cooperate with with different different things with them, and uh, he 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 created the first uh, rocket. Uh, I think it was Dragon. The first one was called Dragon, and um, um, he's trying to send um, a shuttle to rotate around the sun. Okay, side conversation real quick. Raul, if they ever invent a shuttle that will go to Mars that you can buy a ticket for, and we happen to be able to afford it, would you want to do that? I don't know. Hells no, my... (laughs) No! No, 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 no. I've seen way too many movies. <laughs> no, yes. absolutely Apollo, not. I've Apollo seen movies 11. where people freeze. I've seen movies where people's face sucked in. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, no. Bones from Star Trek was completely right, and he said it best. I may throw up on you. I think these things are pretty safe. Pander to me, kid. One tiny crack in the hull and our blood boils in 13 seconds. Soul flare might crop up, cook us in our seats. And wait till you're sitting pretty with a case of Andorian shingles. See if you're still so relaxed when your eyeballs are bleeding. Space is disease and danger wrapped in darkness and silence. Yes, disease and dangerous and dark and silence. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 also, I, I, what, are, what are these shingles that mess with your eyes? What what is going on? And the Star Trek thing. 
<laughs> I don't disagree <laughs> with you. Like uh, I, I might, but like first, first of all, like it's a crazy idea. Okay, like what what Elon Musk like decided to create like 20 years ago. Um, he never thought that by, by that time, that by 2020, he would be the largest commercial satellite constellation operator in the world. You know, like, and 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 they are succeeding. Like they are they are um, uh, shipping, not shipping, sending uh, Dragon two. I think in two weeks or three weeks, May May of 2020, for the like the the the, the second transorbital uh, uh, rotation and like they're gonna land in the ocean. From uh, with, with cooperation with NASA, you know, so I, I think because everybody's talking about SpaceX now because of this thing happening in two three weeks, and Tom Cruise decided like to film something in space, so it w- it would be crazy and insane, you know. Like, what do you guys think? Like, w- 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 which movie? Would, I'm all, what project would it be? Uh, come on, ever, come on, Mission Impossible. There's only, there's only, yeah, there's only one project that has done everything. And it's looking for what the next big thing. It's Mission Impossible. Yeah. Mission Impossible is like, what is the next logical, crazy thing that they have to do that he's going to have to like step out of the thing with like very limited oxygen and he's going to have to push, propel himself like a mile to some other base and he's going to have to catch himself. He's going to have to bounce off debris in the middle of space and he's going to run out of air and he's going to be about to pass out. And, it's uh, not a movie. It's going to be real. And this is real. He got to film. He might die. Crazy, but it's going to be Mission Impossible. Mark my word. Oh my god, this would be insane. I think if this movie like was I done can't. this way, Paramount will like will either make like lots of fortune or like will make nothing. And I, I know that like they are filming the next two together back to back, right? I think we heard this information last year. I hope I hope it's true. And from this crazy idea in space. To another like thing in space in a galaxy far, far away, Taika Waititi will direct a new Star Wars movie for theatrical release, which he's co-writing with 1917 scribe Christy Wilson Cairns. Guys, this is crazy. What kind of Star Wars film do we think we'll get from the director of Thor Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit? Listen, you don't even act like these studios give like these awesome directors any room. I mean, J.J. Abrams directed some of the Star Wars, and we were expecting some great things. And it was about 50% the same stuff that we always get with Star Wars, and 50% some really awesome stuff. You can see where the studio is heavy-handed, and they're like, this is the formula. We're going to do the same formula. This is how it works. And then there's the creativity from J.J. Abrams, and you're like, this is brilliant. I love this. This character is amazing. Why, why can't these big studios? just give these great directors and these great artists creative freedom like like he was able to have with star trek which we just rewatched the other day oh so and good they Phenomenal. are incredible. So incredible and that's why the choice they chose jj to come do star wars like to revive it yeah like, but they didn't let jj do star wars you guys like as i, as I mentioned before george lucas was mad when he watched force awakens because he said nothing is new nothing is new my concern is now we know that Taika Waititi directed one episode in The Mandalorian. So do you guys think that Kathleen Kennedy chose him to direct this movie based on his phenomenal directing uh, technique in Thor Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit or because of that one episode of The Mandalorian? Let me tell you something. Okay, off the top of your head, which episode of The Mandalorian did he direct? I don't know. They're all the same. I think five. I don't remember. You don't remember because 
they all look exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there is no point in, in like getting major directors to direct something like The Mandalorian when you're so heavy handed and it has to look this way, which like a series has to, right? It has to. But like to me, I'm concerned. I feel like it's more based on what he did on The Mandalorian. Why? Because for something like as huge as Star Wars with such a dedicated audience and fan base as Star Wars, you have to know one thing as Disney and Kathleen Kennedy, and that is, can you follow the rules? Can you do? The can you follow the vision, not your vision, our vision? Okay. And that, and so I, I don't think don't we're going to get. Don't the word vision. It is a formula. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get, I don't think we're going to get like the kind of uh, stylistic feel that we get from Thor Ragnarok that he was given in Thor Ragnarok. And that we got from Jojo. Definitely. Not. I hope. I hope this is wrong. Why? Because like um, uh, we don't want to be heavy-handed on them. Because like Kathleen Kennedy like regrets like some of the decisions they made lately with the with the failure considered like a little bit of failure of Rise of Skywalker, and also because um, John Favreau um, they 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 let him have everything he wanted to do with the Mandalorian. Okay, so like the idea, the creativity, like the way he he took the story, he, he just he because it's part of the saga because it, it it happens at the same universe of the Skywalker saga, you know, without like being related to them, but like it's connected to them. But this Taika Waititi should be because they said like none of the movies that are coming are related to the old saga; they will all be original because we know that Taika is doing like his own movie, Ryan Johnson is doing his trilogy. So, um, and also we know that Kevin Feige is producing a Star Wars movie. So do you guys think that this one with Taika Waititi is Kevin Feige's movie and maybe he chose him? Because like we will never know till the movie's out. Um, I hope so. Because, because Kevin, Kevin gave, gave like the whole idea. He, he, when he brought Taika to, to do uh, Ragnarok, he told him, what do you have in mind? He told him like this, what we need to reach by the end of Thor Ragnarok to be ready for Infinity War. That's it. And like, wh- which which story would you take? Which part of the comics would you take? And then like he 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 took like uh, this this line this character, and then the the, col- the colors and the and the way he took the story and the and the comedy and the humor he added and everything. Yes, he's talented. It was all a, a discussion, you know. But what concerns me again, like what happened with Scott Derrickson when he had this horror scary scary horror idea about the new. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse and they all disagreed including Kevin Feige and that's why they brought Sam Raimi to direct the new uh, Doctor Strange and uh, Scott Derrickson will just be an executive producer I think, a terrible we'll, choice. I think we will never know no, no Sam Raimi like, did a great job a in Spider-Man the first one and we'll see okay, but who, who, who did a great job on Doctor Strange Oh, so Scott Derrickson, definitely. Okay, 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 moving on. But like, we will never know. Like, sometimes when things change, maybe it might get better. We don't. We, don't. we see what happened with Rogue guys, One. Rogue One was. Do you guys re-written. remember? Rogue, but Rogue One wasn't like we handed it off to somebody else. Rogue One is like, hey, you're gonna do this. So it, it's not like it was a series. It's not like episode four, five, and six, and then six. You know, it, no, no, Rogue One was its own thing. Yeah, but I mean, so, like, they, they disagreed a, a, a lot and they fired the people there and then like they kept ch- changing people and then like the final product was great, you know. So we never know when things change, you know. 
from the beginning before shooting and filming what's going to happen. You know, I always have this intention that, like, I hope everything is fantastic and great and will succeed, you know? Yeah, we can hope. But do you remember the emotional roller coaster we went on with these new Star Wars movies where we met Finn and there was, like, this love little thing going on with him and Ray, And we're like, this is cool. I like it. He wants to save her, blah, blah, blah. This is interesting. And then the next movie, they threw that out the window. And then it was, like, her and this other guy. And then him and Rose and yeah. And then it was like her and um, Kylo Ren, which was my favorite. And then they threw the, her love interest from the other one. He suddenly had another love interest. It, it, it's just all over. Oh, let me tell place. you something. It's all messed up. Desiree, like, first of all, like I, I when I saw the force awakens, I, I loved the movie. Like the first time I saw it, like I said, like, okay, it's like a culmination of putting the, 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 the original trilogy together, but I was okay with the movie. Okay. What Ryan Johnson did with The Last Jedi was different because he added like different things we have never seen in Star Wars. But like the disaster happened in The Rise of Skywalker made me go back and, re- I, you know, guys, like I mentioned this two weeks ago that I watched the entire 11 uh, Star Wars movies again. And listening them, watching every one of them with the audio commentary from, from the director of the movie or either George Lucas. So when I was listening to J.J. talking about Force Awakens and in several scenes, that they don't, they are filming the movie without having a plan of what's gonna happen afterwards. Yeah, and there is yeah. a, I heard scene, him say that. Yes, yeah. and there is a scene like with with when when Mas Kanata at her at her cantina and Ray is there and she found Luke's lightsaber. We saw lots of these scenes that are building things up that we will never think that this is Palpatine's grandchild. It cannot work this way. And with with Luke, uh, with Luke Skywalker, not Luke Skywalker, with J.J. Abrams comments on that scene, which I really want every one of you to go back and listen to this part. It's on Disney Plus, including the extras, if you guys want to listen to what he says. And then we will discuss this. Because if you heard this, this definitely will not lead to what happened in the last part. Peyton Reed, the director of Ant-Man, is directing another episode of The Mandalorian. You know, The Mandalorian is something different. It's our first Star Wars live action (laughs) show. And uh, the success happened with season one and the success happened with the child, uh, also known as Baby Yoda, which I hate hearing this word because he's, like, it's never mentioned Baby Yoda, it's only the child. So we have like great talents directing this show. So And John Favreau will be directing two episodes of that uh, of season two. Peyton Reed, is, uh, I, feel, I still feel that he's undervalued. Ant-Man was, is one. Very much so. Ant-Man, pe- pe- people don't consider Ant-Man is one of the better MCU films. Definitely. And people, it's so underrated. Definitely. And like, that was their testing. They said like, we'll see what Ant-Man will do if we'll be able to add more humor in Thor Ragnarok. And when they found that Ant-Man like succeeded like this in the, in the humor and it was not cheesy and it was fun, they said like, okay, we can push more in Thor Ragnarok. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp came and it was successful. It wasn't as great as Ant-Man, but it was successful. It wasn't like, it's not like uh, Thor 2, you know? So, yeah. No, it's, it's still good. Ant-Man and Wasp still good. Yeah. So, so no. I, I did this. It, Mandalorian season 2, it, it's going to look like season 1. And uh, hopefully it's a little more exciting and more stuff happens in it. And uh, the episodes, I season 1 episodes are so slow. So, let's, fingers crossed, 
Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see what's going to happen. And we'll go back to the to the war between like PVOD and the, the theaters and the studios. You guys remember, <clears throat> it's still happening. We don't know what's going to happen between Universal and AMC and Regal and Cineworld and the NATO. The High Note, the comedy starring Dakota Johnson and Tracy Ellis Ross, was originally aiming for May 8th theatrical release. It was supposed to be playing next weekend, but will now premiere at home on demand at the end of this month. And of course, it's a focus feature movie, which is owned by Comcast, which is owned by Universal, like like this, and also, which, owns. which owns Universal, and it's distributed by Universal. So it's another kick, but it's okay because like we already know that like anything that will be released before that, that also one of the misconception that I found out. Lots of people, even in Hollywood, they misunderstood. What did happen? What did AMC mean? And what did Universal mean? Lots of people thought that like AMC started the fight first. Lots of people, yeah, what confuses the lot, hell out of me. Lots of people said lots of big names in Hollywood. Lots of big names in the critics and the writers that were all looking for their for their things. They they misunderstood what they meant. Lots of people th- thought that AMC is mad because of Trolls to World Tour. No. Adam Aaron and Cineworld, the CEO, they, they didn't say that. They said, it's okay for this happening now since we are closed. The point is, when we reopen, we just don't want uh, the movie to be opening in theater and on the same day to be on demand. That's it. Because I found lots of articles. like it's bad for business. 1,200 words and lots of podcasts, like hours and hours, talking about like, oh, how a company like AMC that was almost bankrupt. Now, first of all, AMC, I'm not defending anyone, you know, but AMC said from day one, and even Wanda, the owner of AMC, they said like AMC is not near bankrupt because like uh, it's not near bankrupt. And they also got this uh, loan from uh, Citibank like Disney. Like Disney. But not, 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 not only that, but like there's also a misconception out there that AMC is the first one to release a statement. Yes, and this is not how that Universal was Universal. the first one to release their statement to Wall Street saying, Journal, like without- saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna be going straight to VOD and theatrical day to day," and then Universal AMC responded. But for some reason, people think that AMC saw the reports of how much Trolls Two made, and they were like, "Oh, we're not showing." Universal yeah, so movies dumb. anymore. That like, was, that, that's so, so, so dumb. So like people are just calling AMC petty and like and like stupid. And I'm just like, oh, now I understand why you think that AMC is petty and stupid. That would be a stupid move. Yes, but AMC like, would never do that. It's oh, definitely man. nobody will do that. Anybody that will do that would be stupid, you know. But you know what's not stupid? That like Stephanie Mayer is like publishing a new Twilight novel. You know, Mayer announced that she will be reviving the Twilight saga. Ooh. Did you guys see that cover though? It looks awesome. It He's looks a pomegranate. Awesome. Yeah, why do pomegranate? First off, pomegranates are a sexy fruit. They are. I love they the description of pomegranate and sexy fruit. They are. You bust them open and it's just like this ruby red, like mm-hmm. juicy little pellets, and like you bust and it's just like, oh. Well, anyway. I know that you read the whole like Twilight Saga books. You, Who told you? You told me before. <laughs> So do you like them? I actually, I actually really do. You know, I, I I got no shame. I like I, I like the the books. I think the books were. Do they fit my shirt? Do they fit like what I what I have written on my shirt that the book was better than the movie? 
It does. Yeah, that's one of the few. The movie, the movie, the movie is just straight, straight not good. Like trash. Yeah, I don't like the movie. Uh, straight trash. The first one is it's its, it's, own it's brand funny of because genius. yeah, it's funny because you can make fun of it. <laughs> yes, but, uh, so cheesy. Movie all the time. Yeah, the first but, one is but, so uh, cheesy. But I enjoyed. I read them a long time ago. Yeah, I th- I read them. I read them literally right after high school. And yeah, I, I I enjoyed reading them. But, just like just like I enjoy reading the Hunger Games, and I don't like the movies either. But Shama, did you say? Did you already say this that it's from uh, Edward's perspective, right? Yeah, this is a book she's been working on for thirteen years. No, but it, what's cool about Edward is the fact that he can read minds. That could be comedy gold. Just it saying. could be. It could be. And then fine. also, it's going to give us more insight to his frustrations. I think it seems really cool. I really, I'm not reading the book. I really hope they make it into a movie. <laughs> I mean, it'll be the same movie though, but from another perspective. I I hope so, but uh, do you think guys? Everybody just like make it everything different, like different actors, different everything, just to make just it do all the whole different. thing different. <laughs> do these? Did they say like is it after the 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 the, the books or like it's the a, prequel? It's the, it's the first one, oh. first book. From my understanding, oh, from my understanding, it's the same as like the first the original book, but it's from his perspective. Oh. So when he first meets. Bella and all that stuff. Oh, so do you think like they will bring Robert Pattinson again, or they will be like somebody else if they will make a movie? I don't movie? think they will do the movie. I don't think there's necessary for a movie. I think they like they will not give it a chance. Okay. If they're gonna make this movie, we have like another movie that's celebrating 25 years anniversary, and they decided to make a sequel for Demolition Man. Sylvester Stallone said like they are back in action for a sequel for the movie for Demolition Man. Listen. It's been it's been a long time since I've seen Demolition Man. Okay, so naturally I went to IMDb to get a refresher, and and to my uh, surprise, <laughs> uh, at the twenty five year anniversary, which was uh, in twenty eighteen, IMDb was kind enough to make a two minute video recap of the film, and let me tell you, after watching that, I have decided that I care not for a Demolition Man sequel, okay? It's just bad lines, really bad jokes, bad fashion, and bad food. I mean, Taco Bell is the only restaurant left. No, sir. That is no world that I care to revisit, even as cinematic entertainment. Yeah, so no, thank you. This I'll pass. Sure. You're, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Like, just like you're gonna end the world with with Taco Bell. No, 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 no. I don't want that. I'll pass. Last up on the news. Of course, we know that most of the film festivals have been like either canceled or pushed or postponed or like uh, to to be TBD. They don't know what gonna they ha- they will do with. But Venice Film Festival sent a survey trying to gauge how many filmmakers, actors, and producers are willing to attend this year's event. The 10-day festival is scheduled to begin on September 2nd and close on the 12th. They are trying to decide by the end of this month if they will cancel or not. They have already announced that they will not do a virtual festival, but they are considering doing virtual screening rooms for those who have been accredited previously, but are unable to attend if the festival was to go underway. You know, it's really confusing to me because if you're willing to do screening rooms, so like virtual screening rooms, why aren't you at all willing to consider doing a virtual film festival? Because to me, 
the reason you don't do a virtual film festival is like one, it's going to turn off a lot of filmmakers because you don't get to see it in the best format on a theater and a big screen, right? With great speakers, the best, the best way to watch it. Right. Yeah. And you don't get to rub shoulders with, you know, the who's who of Hollywood because again, it's virtual. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and if they have classes, you don't get to attend those in person, but like, if you're still willing to offer this, these screening rooms to people, if the festival is going to go underway, that means that, oh, you're giving people an option. The, 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 well, how do they phrase it here? The, if they are willing. Uh, no, no, no. The people that are previously accredited? Yes. Like, like famous people. So, but to me, that's famous <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. Which are the people, again, that, we, that the, the filmmakers want to rub shoulders with and meet. And so, like, if you're offering this option for people to still not have to watch it in theaters and they won't have to come, so you won't be rubbing shoulders with them. So, like, why not consider Virtual Film Festival as an option? Like, so to me, Venice is saying our two options are either the festival goes underway as normal, except we're going to offer screening rooms to the who's who, right? Or we cancel it completely and make no money. But you can still do it virtually I, and make some money, make money on advertisements. I'm confused. I think it's like Cannes Film Festival, like they decided like it, 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 it will take the, the value of a great festival to make it virtual, to make it online. So Cannes said like they, they are just postponing till further date this year, which they did not announce yet. And I believe because Venice is happening in September, so it's the time for them now, like it's, it's only four months left, you know? Uh, yeah, it's four months left. So for them to decide, it, it, they have to make the decision as fast as they can. And I believe that Cannes Film Festival will have the same problem as soon as possible because it, 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 it will be the same. Part of the huge value of the festival is the red carpet, is the gala dinner. Is like the after party is uh, meeting, meeting and greeting like all these people, like the the sessions in the morning, you know, like um, and and attending the film festival is phenomenal, you know. I attended like 2005 Cannes Film Festival and the Berlin Film Festival, and these were like the greatest like experience of a film festival in my life. So yeah, and so to to to, to have it like virtual. It's a great opportunity as well, but it will take the value for, for, uh, from from the festival. But I, I if, it, if, it, if I was the director of the festival, I would definitely say, okay, I don't want to miss a year. So if people are not coming, okay, I have to do it virtual, you know? So Yeah, just figure something out. I don't know. I'm okay with it being virtual just because of what's going on, yeah. but I don't think... If they do it once, they should ever do it again. No, oh, no, yeah. no, no, that's the danger is, of like saying yes. Like, sure, if, sure, sure. This is a pure exception for like this year. Just like the uh, the Academy saying that they're going to consider films that went straight to streaming for the Oscars. Like, they don't plan on doing that every year. That's just a this year kind of thing. So, anyway, that's it for the news. Next up on the report, we got hashtag report the rewatch. So first up, Fast and Furious 6. Desiree got a little hungry this week. Well, I got a little bored also. She, <laughs> she, she, little, she put I'm red sauce on the on the white white Alfredo uh, lasagna, yeah. so she was hungry. She oh gosh. So she got a little hungry. She actually watched two of them, and since we didn't talk about one last week, figured hey, we'll 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 give you a double dosage of that furious hashtag report the rewatch. So first up, Fast and Furious 6. Hobbs and Dominic, for those who don't remember, and Brian reassemble their crew to take down a team of mercenaries. Dominic unexpectedly gets sidetracked with facing his presumed deceased girlfriend, Letty. 
The budget of this was 160 mil, which is up from the previous one. Opening weekend in the U.S. was about 97 million dollars. Uh, gross total U.S. was 238. I, I mean, I said thousand, 97 million, 238 million, and then uh, worldwide was 788 million, bit shy of that uh, billion dollar mark. Director Justin Lin was this was his last one. He's he did four. Um, starting from Tokyo Drift to this one. And this was his last one before uh, his new, his you know recent return to the now-pushed F9. Um, I want to point out some of the notable additions. Luke Evans, a.k.a. Little Shaw. Also, the re-edition of Michelle Rodriguez, because he wasn't in the last one. Actually, I often refer to this one as the one that Gal Gadot died in, you know, like oh. it was so like, oh, did I spoil it to anyone? I don't think like anybody right. missed watching this movie. It was like six years ago, right? Or seven years. Oh, R.I.P. Yeah. To her character. because She was great. She was great. Des, but she came back as a Fast and Furious. <laughs> Fast and Furious 6, what do you think? This is the one with that, this is the one with the giant plane. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm on IMD uh, pictures, and for Fast and Furious Six, you can watch the whole movie in the pictures. In the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So yeah, they're racing. He has a kid, and he's got a family now. And Dom's like, things are gonna be different. It's gonna be. You got family now. Can't be doing the same stuff. Blah blah blah. Dom finds out that his love of his life is alive. And immediately, <laughs> immediately goes to Brian and shows him this paper. And the, I hate how this scene was directed. I hate it. Because Dom is not a stupid person. And he knows that this guy is hungry for fast cars. And, and, and furiousness. And furiousness. And he shows him a paper of somebody that Dom loves who... He was involved with whatever happened to her. All right. How, like, if if Dom doesn't want Brian to be a part of this, Dom would not have gone to the house and shown him this picture. Yeah. This is a plot flaw. Mm. <laughs> I, I hate it so much. That aside, we got good action. We've got some fun scenes. The, the plane stuff was pretty cool. I, I don't know if I like The Rock's character in this movie. Um, he will get better. Have, he will get better afterwards. Uh, I love The Rock, but I don't know if I like his character in this movie. And then, of course, we've got Han. Han. Who's amazing. And his love. I, that was really sad. No. That was like that was like super sad. And also, her death was really good. Mm-hmm. Like, totally a Very female death. Yeah, totally a female death. Um, and his face was just heartbreaking and... I don't think they gave that enough. Yeah. Like, it just I felt agree. like they just kind of, like, glazed by. And I don't think the death happened early enough. Because the death happened in the the showdown. Mm-hmm. And after the showdown, you're supposed to be happy. Because, like, you defeated something. And so I felt like her death should have been sooner in the film. And we should have seen Han struggling through this. Maybe a bit more motivation. Maybe show Han do something heroic in the in the showdown. Or something like that. Um, but she should have had more of a moment for people to grieve. And they really didn't have that. All we see is Dom coming out of the flames. 
very stupidly. Yeah, but it was awesome because he goes through <laughs> it. And, like, rather than, like, landing and being like, I'm awesome, he, like, he hit and it was his car, like, <laughs> and, like, we think he died. Because, like, his car, he, remember, it started, like, rolling and then the plane, like, went past it. And so, you're like, you don't know what happened to him because it, it was crazy. Yeah. But, like, in, in old, like, 90s action movies, his car would have just landed perfectly. Like, he glided into the ground and just kept going. Sure. I do appreciate that. Yeah. I do appreciate that. Overall, I really liked it. But I like it as about as much as I like all the other ones. Wow. Uh, this movie, I feel like, brought a lot of the stunts to another level. This is the one where uh, Owen Shaw... Makes those ramp cars. Oh, that's right. right. This is the one, yeah. Yeah, and he like they like get low and they have the slope, and then they like they're able to hit your car and make you you know turn over or knock you up against the seat. It's like oh, I forgot a ridiculous scene. Those stunts are really, really, really neat. Um, Also, this is the one where um, (laughs) this is the one where uh, God, we see. The, the one chick that I'm pretty sure she's a UFC fighter fight Michelle or Letty fight Letty oh. and like that fight is like really intense in the oh no it's not it's, is it Letty yeah 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 the cop woman with the rock fights Letty in the rail in the in the, 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 the hall through the hallways of the metro that whole fight's intense and at the same time we're having which I feel like a lot of movies don't do enough where like there are two different two groups of people fighting and we we're jumping between the two of them um, then we're seeing Han. And um, Tyrese's character—that was funny—fighting the other yes. dude, and like, like that fighting sequence is hilarious. Because they're struggling. Yes, they're struggling. Oh, There's yeah. one part where he's like, "You go, no, no, you go, there. no, you go," <laughs> and like, and like, I feel like we miss, like, we forget that, like, that's from this movie. Um, and like, those, those are some really, really good sequences. And I appreciate that you know we didn't have these characters who first just raced cars. And now I'll have this knowledge of just like ops, you know. I appreciate that they sure. didn't have them also yeah. now fight. It wasn't yeah. was one of the people who was fighting Asian. Yeah, huh? like thanks, not thank you for not not making you know, a, like a karate mask. Yes, you know? pushing that stereotype. Yeah. I really appreciate it. That was it. really good. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then at the end they're like, we'll talk about this to no one. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I do have to talk about one more scene that was a. Bit ridiculous. Oh, I know what you're gonna talk. I, I was worried. It. I didn't think you were gonna mention it. The suspense, like the what is he? What is it? Belief, suspense, belief. The suspension of disbelief. Yes, the suspension of disbelief was not there. The fact that she, I, I fully bought it. But okay. uh, oh my gosh, the fact that she was slingshotted, Letty was slingshotted off of this car, and Dom jumps out from his car. Yeah, yeah he gets. He crashes his car in it. Propels him forward. Right. He crashes his car, propels him forward in the right moment. Realistically, there would have been a couple feet between their arms because <laughs> there's no way they would have calculated exactly where to go to latch arms in between. It's- no, it's, it, she came from the other side of the bridge. She can't, they went, so she was crossing like this, and then he flew and caught her in the air. and then she- No, it was like this first. Yes, it was. It was like this first. They grabbed arms, and then he pulled her in. While they were still we need flying. to rewatch this scene. I don't think sure. that's what happens. I'm pretty sure he like he like Debo tackles her in midair, and then his body spins around and he oh lands. Oh my on the gosh! No, he they grab arms. It's so crazy and unrealistic. I can't even handle it. I think it's perfectly realistic. <laughs> 
You know what? You know what made it perfectly realistic? The fact that later she said, "How did you know that car would be there to break our fall?" And he said, "I didn't. I didn't." And it is, uh, I believe it. You know, he risked his life. Yeah. I'm gonna Google it. Dominic Toretto is a hero, an American hero. Okay. Okay, we're gonna move on while she looks this up. Do you want to know my? Oh yeah, yeah. Give me your score. Ah, uh, seven. Seven. No, it's pretty good compared yeah. to, to what you've been for, rating. I'm waiting for Desiree when she ranks them all. Yeah. All right. They're all just flatlined. Yeah. I think there's one that's like a seven point five. Some are six point fives and some are sevens. It's just like we're just waiting like, for this flat line to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Furious Seven. Deckard Shaw seeks revenge against Dominic Toretto and his family for his comatose or comatose, comatose, coma, I think it's comatose, comatose brother. The budget once again increased $190 million. Opening weekend in the U.S. was $147 million. Gross in the U.S. was $353 million. Worldwide, they made one and a half wow. billion. They doubled? Dollars. They doubled six? Wow. They doubled six. Boom. We just confirmed that he straight up just tackles her in the air, grabs her, and smashes into the car. Let's go ahead. Put so that ridiculous. one score for Raul. I was right. Perfectly believable. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they doubled their uh, their gross from the previous one. That's amazing. Ooh. Director James Wan, which is my, like, for a while has been my horror king, right? Cause guru. I, the horror guru. The horror guru. Yeah, sure. I love, I love, uh, The Conjuring is my favorite horror film. And I love Insidious as well. And I love The Conjuring too. So I'm all about it. Um, He's a good director. I was, I was really, really excited for this, uh, for him to direct one of these films. Um, notable additions. Jason Statham, a.k.a. Big Shaw, a.k.a. Killer Shaw, a.k.a. Mr. Worldwide Tracker Extraordinaire. Because my man is able to find them anywhere they go. Like, like, like literally, he just shows up. I'm talking, you know, they jump out of that plane in their cars and somehow he shows up in a buggy. And like later on there in, in, in Abu Dhabi, he shows up at the party. How? I don't know. Apparently he had God's eye before they were able to get God's eye. Oh, the tracing, you know, like GPS. Whatever, whatever. This guy is incredible. But I will point out the name Deckard and specifically Deckard Sean. That is such a cool name. And he's such a cool character, they decided to bring him back. And they teamed him up with Hobbs for the spinoff, Hobbs and Shaw, which is, unfortunately, the last addition to the franchise that we got to see in theaters. Not not bad. Like, it was enjoyable. It's pretty pretty bad. I I remember, like, I often refer to this one as the one that Han, Han died for the third time. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking for the third time. He died in Tokyo Drift. He died in this one. Oh, are you talking about the post credit scene in Fast yes. and Furious 6? Yeah, we see him die. Yeah, we see him die. <laughs> and then they do that scene again in this one. Yeah, that, I thought it was so weird that it's the exact same scene. But it's, yeah, it's the exact same scene, but like it's a different take. <laughs> different shot. I, uh, I don't know. Des. Yeah, I really like this one. Um, I know. Wow, I, she's really positive. I know. <laughs> there was. Um, 
I thought there was some really cool stuff in it. Uh, I love the action sequence where they get the coder. Oh, like when they, from the moment they get off the the, yeah. the, the plane and then they land yeah. and they chase, yeah. The, there was some funny calculated moments there. There was some ridiculousness. Like if you all wait that long to jump out of the same plane, plus you can't do the things with your arms in order to direct yourself to the other people who get out of the plane, there's no way that you can end up in the same airspace. Like you would be miles apart. That part doesn't make any sense. It takes Tyrese a really long time to get out of the car, out of the plane. Yes. And, and it then takes he- them. Because, Shaman, let me show you. When you when you fall, you use your arms to direct yourself. That's how you get the people in the circle as they're falling. You don't just fall and happen to be in a circle. Exactly. Like, yeah. But so we, it doesn't make we sense. We should agree that physics, physics does not work. Physics does not work <laughs> with the first Yeah, I, I didn't mind it. I think, I, think they, I think he should have said that he wasn't going to get jumped. Like, they should have noticed he was freaking out. And then he should have said that he wasn't going to get out sooner. And they ejected him faster because that's what happened yeah it, it was too long yeah. besides that i liked the landing and all that kind of stuff really cool i loved brian in the truck getting her out fighting that guy everything that went on there and then him being stuck in the truck and the truck about to go off a cliff it was really intense you didn't know what's happening you know what's happening in real life so you're like, what's going to happen yeah. here? <laughs> I remember, I remember seeing this at the time in theaters, and like the whole audience, like freaking out like anytime he's in just, danger. Oh yeah, because your you know, you know that it's going to be his last movie because we already knew he had passed away. Mm-hmm. And so you're like holding your breath every. So in this one, everybody's like, like yeah. I remember. And like, the rumors was like so saying that I'm they're going to kill him. They're going to kill him somewhere yes. or another. So yeah. like we're waiting yeah. and waiting. They, they so really mess with us. You're holding your breath. It's an awesome moment. It's really intense shots where you like really feel like he's going to fall. You feel the danger. He's running. And then in comes Letty. I don't know why I'm, I'm okay with this scene. And she just like swings her tail, mm-hmm. the tail of the car around, and he's able to grab it. And there's this moment where he's laying there. Yeah. And he just says, thank you. And and I loved it. And then we cut to Dom, who's got the girl in his car, and they're driving. You don't know what's happening. He gets cornered. And then, of course, you know what's going to happen. You're putting together the fact that he wanted his car outfitted. You're putting together the fact that he must he doesn't look worried. And, you know, he's just going to throw himself on a cliff. Cool. And then we cut to another great scene where the hacker goes through and tells them who all they are. Very funny. Yeah. Loved that part. Yeah, it was really, really good. And then we, he, said, he said, wrong <laughs> alpha two. <laughs> You're telling me there can't be two alphas? Um, yeah. And then we go to the party. They get into the party and really great female fight scene. Yeah. Um, stupid moment. I hate that they made this guy stupid. He really is the the Eric of this. Yeah, Eric Matthews. Yeah, of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you could have done something better. Yeah. Like, it could have been more funny. Anyways, and then we have the whole, we're just going to take the car, which they did a good job of suspending the, the whatever that phrase that, that I think, Yeah, that phrase of like, you really think they're going to try and get this thing, yeah. you know? Um, and then it's like, we're just going to take the car. It really, I feel like the pacing of that did throw you for a loop. And the whole driving the car from building to building to building and crashing it. Like, I thought that was really cool. And I really enjoyed that sequence. Um, 
Yeah. And then we get to the the end and there's like this wonderful tribute to uh, Brian, but also to the actor himself. And it's really lovely. And everybody gets their moment of like just saying bye. And the ending is just them driving and then the road splits. And I, I actually got emotional. I thought it was really good. It's a solid 7.5. They succeeded in making her emotional, yeah, for, so emotional. Yeah. for Brian and Paul Walker. Wow. Really great, really great film. I really liked it. I really did. I, I love the way the ending, the ending. A really great film. A really great film is a 7.5 for her. <laughs> it's Fast and Furious. I'm sorry. Wow. I give Extraction 8.5, I think. So. It's wow. close to an 8. I just don't think it's there all the way. I don't know. Let me think about it for a second. Let me look at the pictures. This is uh, also the one that... Um, that they do the whole, they keep passing off Ramsey, the character, and the cars. They do the whole, like, they, the two cars are against, like. Oh, that was drive, cool. And then they, like, drift, and she's able to jump from oh, one window yeah. to the other window, and they pull her in. That was really and, cool. And, like, they do a lot of really cool sequences. It's also the one on the uh, parking garage. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was awesome. Where, uh, where, where Dom and uh, Jason Statham fight. Um, and it's that's a fun sequence, and then he drives his car. That was insane. I saw this movie in IMAX, and it was like misses the helicopter. And then it's the one where this is just like the most painful scene for me to watch. It's the one where Letty's holding him, and she's just like crying. She tells she tells Brian to stop doing CPR. Oh, him, oh, which, why? Yes. Like, oh. no, you keep doing CPR. I'll still talk. Yes. You keep yes. doing CPR. Yes, she could have. You know what you could have done? You could have done that whole silence thing. You know, like when Harry Potter's yeah. screaming, but you don't hear She gets really screaming. close to his ear and yeah, says you stuff. Could, like, you yeah. could just drown out the sounds of him counting the impressions. You could count out. You could get rid of all the noise around them and just get really close. And she's there whispering to him. And you could have still had Brian doing CPR. It wouldn't have done anything yeah. from it. Well, the thing is, it would be harder for him to deliver that line. When she says, I remember everything again. And she says, and he says, it's about damn time. It'd be harder for him to deliver that line. But, like, I don't know. He could literally, like, put his arm yes. towards Brian yes, on exactly. his chest. Like, literally, as soon as she says, I remember oh. everything, like, he, like, puts his arm, you know, his hand on Brian's chest. And then we have this moment where it's just, like, silence. Everybody's stunned, and he says it's about damn time. Yeah, and I feel like it would have had a better effect, but like it's so. But you're uh, right. I did like all the aqu- the action in the city. I don't like that it's in the city. It's a bit cliche, and I feel like movies do this. And I feel like real life people would think more about like pedestrians. Like I never like that in movies where they like pick a city to have an action sequence. Like let's go to the city where there's the most people. I don't like it. They do it in Transformers. They do it in Avengers. They do it in a lot of <laughs> a lot of things, and I don't think it's very realistic. Oh, I also I call this one the one where uh, Desiree mistook Abu Dhabi for Alexandria. <laughs> wow! Wait, what did I do? What did I do? <laughs> he said, oh, no. "He said, is this for Shamas?" For <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. There was like cities, and there was desert. I was like, "There is no okay. desert in Alexandria." Uh, right, right. Anyways, Alexander is desert adjacent. Yeah, isn't it like right next to like I don't know Cairo or something? Yeah, it's like two hours away. <laughs> two hours away. <laughs> All oh. right. So 
Oh, you gave me a rating. Oh, yeah, I did, but maybe it could be an eight. I'm like waffling. I don't like some eight, of the stuff. It is too much for a festive curious movie. You don't like you don't like that the rock drives like an ambulance. No, over he's a like, truck? I gotta go to work. I couldn't handle it. Oh yeah, that. I gotta go to work. Yeah. Dad, no, he's his dad's gotta go to work. Something like that. No, I think I'll stick with it. I think I'll stick with seven point. Did we see his daughter in F seven? Like yeah. uh, the rock. Yes, daughter? that's the that's the one where she says uh, she tells Dom, it's like my dad uh, kicked your ass in something, and, and he's like your your dad is medical has a, a memory issue, something like that. It's 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 a funny little moment. Wow. Um. All right. Well, guys, that is it uh, on F six and. F we ended seven. on a positive note for this one. Look at that. Look we at ended that. on a positive Look at that. Desiree can like good movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Guys, please get at us on all the socials, at Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share, and leave us a review. We want to get better. We want to be better. And uh, you leaving us reviews, just gives, lets us know what we're doing right and what we can improve on. And also helps us climb the charts so that people can find us. Mr. Shama, can you let the people know where they can get at you and let you know, uh, you know, uh, let you know how you can improve your home box office? My home, home, home. I'm home. I've been home for 60 days. So I get <laughs> send me postcards, letters in mail because like we have time to read. Uh, I'm still available on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Mohammed Shama, M-O-H-A-M-E-D-S-H-A-M-A. All right, Dre, how about you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Ezerphoto, E-Z-E-R. And you can find your boy at Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. You can find all of us on the website. That's emreportpod.com. Hey, be a part of the show. If you got a report, let us know. This is yours, Minorities Report. Peace. <laughs>